G'day listeners, dear Australian true blue listeners, how are you going, you, you cheeky bastards, you larrikins? Darcy uh, waiting until just after starting recording to adjust his microphone there. My name is Kieran, I'm here with Darcy as always. I'm going to try and bleed the true blue accent out a little bit. Uh, weakness for bleakness, our second episode back from the long break. Uh, yeah, yeah, Darcy, how are you doing? Kieran, I'm very well. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm very well as well. It's good to hear it. That was a good sight gag for the people at home. <laughs> yeah, I think it comes across. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm doing well. It's a fucking crazy old world out there. It's nuts, Kieran. It's absolutely bafflingly nuts. Ahead on the show, I have curated a select because I felt like I was a bit on the back foot last week. We hadn't done it in a while. I did my typical zero research. I've done 0.5 research this time. Uh, I've picked only insanity and inanity. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, that sounds ideal. Can I issue a correct, or not a correction, but an elaboration on last week before we begin formally? Yeah. Uh, just to highlight the horror of the Setka Batty uh, issue. I, I only said that she was a woman whose son had been murdered. Didn't go into the depth of the tragedy. Shh, already correcting the correction. Uh, I said here, partner, of course, I mean ex-partner, former husband. Uh, yeah, Shh, murdered her son at a cricket practice while she was there. Uh, to derail the introduction with fucking misery. Sorry, I just didn't want any of the listeners to think that I was uh, uh, taking away from the domestic violence angle of the story, which is obviously significant. Uh-huh. Sick is a piece of shit. And, uh, well, I would like to say, in the interest of balance, yeah. that uh, Setka has achieved something, <laughs> one thing at least, is truly remarkable, yeah. which is that we now know what it takes for the spectator Australia to back a union <laughs> official. Yes. 100% not joking, they are very, very angry that Labour are betraying John Setka. Of course, because they're <laughs> fermenting the split which may happen and curse us all to a million years of conservative dominion. And because he doesn't like women, and yeah, apparently yeah, yeah. That, that they do have a value. One hundred percent trumps <laughs> any other political consideration for the spectator. Yeah, yeah, not surprised. Uh, anyway, yeah, let's fucking crack let's on. boogie on to Funky Town. Yeah, all right. <laughs> a modest house, a picket fence, a couple kids, some common sense, a job to pay your mortgage or your rent. All these goals are understood, but misery is a public good, so come and feed your sorrows till you're spent. Well, just to come, the captain said, the icebergs are the dead ahead, the men will keep the engines fed, I have a deal with God. We're at the end of history, there ain't a hope for you or me, when work is philanthropically, believe in the economy, but what a feast for tired eyes, the poison earth, the boiling skies, everyone their own damn spies, remember when the world was wise, we know, no, no. Uh, hit us with your first story, Darcy. My first story is about wisdom and growth, and okay. about how one man, <laughs> mm. uh, an underdog, if you will, mm. can, by holding true to the courage of his convictions, mm. uh, really, really, really break all boundaries for being a complete and total asshole in public. I'm talking, of course, about Israel Folau. Yeah, everybody's favourite. Everybody's favourite. A disturbing number of people uh, do hold him as their favourite. Yeah, yeah, His yeah. Favorite. He's become something of a uh, martyr. He I has guess, become a martyr. Because uh, two days ago, the Sydney Morning Herald report 
Falau launches fresh attack on gay and transgender people. Is it fresh? Well, no, it is literally another one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's In just that sense, continuous. it's fresh. You wouldn't, uh, after like the 23rd hour in a sensory deprivation torture chamber with a continuous sign tone be like, ah, a fresh sign tone. It's just unbroken. <laughs> He's doubled down. Mm. He's doubled down, tripled down, quadrupled down. He's absolutely, I guess, once you've trashed your career by mm. being a bigot, mm. your only hope for further financing is to become a kind of yeah, you've got fascist to... Colin Kaepernick. You've really got to turn into it. It's the... the... <laughs> Couldn't have done that more dramatically, could you, Tiny Cat? Uh, Zounds, we've been rumbled. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the acoustics the, the... have been ruined. He opened the door. Close it again. He close can the door. The Damn it, Tiny Cat. Uh, our, our, our customers expect premium recording quality. Yeah, yeah, nothing less. It's the Dennis Miller turn, is what Falau's doing. You've got to do it. Yeah. It's the, you've got to really... It's what everybody at the moment is trying to do. Christopher Paolini, the most ridiculous uh, American example at the moment, released that execrable special. Where, Tiny Cat. Leave the door alone. He's gone. Uh, okay. Yeah, Bloody let's hear anarchist. it. What's, what's he doing? What's I'm going to quote this, and I want to I want to really stress that this is a quote from an appalling human being. Mm. These views do not re- represent those of weakness for bleakness. Yeah. Quote. They are fucking wonderful views, though. Mm. This is mm. what the devil is trying to do. Mm. To instill into the government, into this world, into society, and it is slowly happening. Falau said at his Sunday sermon at the Truth of Jesus Christ Church in Kenthurst, mm. the sad thing is why a lot of people out there are non-Christians say bad things about the church <clears throat> is because a lot of the churches allow these things to happen. Ah, of course. He's not talking about paedophilia, by the way. He's no. talking about gay men having sex. Mm. They say that a man and a man should be able to be married, and there is nothing wrong with it. This buys into the theme of play- pleasing men rather than pleasing God and standing up for the truth. Uh. <laughs> Are we too scared because we might be cast out of our workplace or cast out of somewhere because we're not liked or loved by those around us and mm. don't believe the same thing we do? Yeah. You might be the only born-again Christian in that workplace. I fucking hope so. <laughs> you might feel a bit awkward with your co-workers because they are in the world and you are not. That's a telling phrase. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not exactly saying what he means to We, we should feel <laughs> blessed one. because God has called us. This Israel Folau thing, and this is something that annoys me about Christians um, mm. who, who take their beliefs incredibly seriously, mm. is, is, is it comes to a certain point where you have to say, well, if you want to have a free and open conversation about religion, yeah. you're basically a sort of heretical Jew who's ascribed the powers of God to Satan, yeah. who's actually an, not an autonomous force. Mm. It's insane. Religiously, it, there's no justification for it. Yeah, Jesus was categorically not messianical because he didn't meet any of the requirements to claim that mantle. If you're going to base your thing on this, you should get it right. I mean, yeah. If you are going to obsess about Christianity, if you're going to ignore all of the actual theological underpinnings of it... Yeah, which everybody does. Then there's nothing to do with the Jesus redemption arc that has anything to do with homosexuality. It's not in the New Testament. Yeah. He didn't care. No, of course. He didn't very exist, well but he also didn't care. Not it's just, it's annoying. It's fucking annoying. <laughs> it is. Because 
your religion is not only shit from the point of view that it's not yeah. it's made up nonsense. It's yeah. verifiably untrue. On, in the inherently untrue grounds of religion, it doesn't even make sense. Yeah, this is the sensation when, I'm sure you're familiar with this in one way or another, and I'm sure, listener, you're familiar with something in your workplace or, or work life, where, as a writer, say, I sit there and I will watch uh, some piece of doggerel that has a huge budget, and I'm like, I could fucking do better than this. I feel the same way about people like Israel Folau. It's like... I could be a better fucking Christian than this. I would have more enthusiasm for the weird mystery of fucking theology and shit like that. But no, they can't even get into the fun, spooky ghost shit and, and like, the, the, the insane comfort of having a physical document which underpins your moral framework. They have to, they have to twist it. But yes, of course, you're 100%... Right. It's, it's fundamentally about just despising gay people. Yeah. That's all yeah. there is to it. Which is, we can only speculate Which is, really about how Jesus felt, but I think it's logical to speculate that he wouldn't have been like this. No. And the thing is, you, you can you can be as evangelically Christian as you mm. want in a very... The prime minister of this country is an evangelical Christian, yeah. despite having no qualifications to be the prime minister of this country. That's pretty fucking undiscriminatory. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, maybe All there's something to it. All that you're required to do as an evangelical Christian to mm. not get sacked is to keep your homophobic views to yourself. You can be racist and sexist still. Yeah. We're yet to see sackings for that. Mm. It's literally only the tenant of homophobia that evangelical Christians get called up on. And that has nothing to do with evangelical Christianity. It's about homophobia. Yeah, yeah. It would be, you would be sacked regardless of your creed if you were an employee of the Rugby Australia and mm. you fucking published, not even said, because it was a text document he published on Instagram, mm. homophobic views. They cannot keep you on the books. Yeah, yeah. He's not a martyr. He's a fuckwit. Yeah, he is a fuckwit. He didn't just step on the rake, he put the rake there and made sure it was facing up the <clears> right <throat> way. Yeah, and made sure the cameras were on, to be fair. Like, hate him. Is there <laughs> very justifiably. Really hate Israel I think. <laughs> Yeah. It's that fundamental fucking uh, uh, tension, right, which has to be addressed. And I think we're going to talk about this yes, a little bit later are. on, where, you know, as a Christian, uh, a particular type of Christian, you believe that your uh, your duty is to basically do domestic mission work and evangelize and save people's souls and stuff. But, you know, it's not your fucking country. Like, it's not... You don't have dominion over that that world, the uh, in-the-world that you hate so much belongs to the fucking people. So... Yeah, no, that's you, quite right. And ugh. it's also deeply bound <clears throat> up in the confusion that Christians have, because um, a lot of them aren't very bright. Hmm about the idea that bigots can be discriminated against. Yeah, yeah, you that's can't, a frustrating By definition, one. if you resist bigotry, they will always say, oh, you're discriminating against me for my views. No, you can't discriminate against a bigot. You can only resist their attempts to harm other people. Yeah. It's 100% not the same thing. Because it's bigotry is a choice that you make as an adult. Mm. Being gay or black or a woman is a choice that you make as an adult. Yeah. I mean, there's ways that they can twist that around, like, being gay and sexually active is a choice, but, like, that's fundamentally still Not just... a meaningful choice, though, is it? 
It's not a choice in the same way. It's not an attempt to exert your will upon other people. Deciding that you're going to base your entire life around the Lord of the Rings is a choice that you've made (laughs) as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. It made sense for Tolkien because it made him a lot of money, (laughs) right? But for everyone else is borderline madness. Yeah. But relatively harmless. Sure. I'm glad they exist. I mean, if you want to, you know, Alan Moore's got a thing, like he's a Mm. wizard. Yeah. But he knows it's not actual magic, right? He just yeah. wants to placate that primal part of his brain that sees yeah. and th- and interacts with the world magically. Well, I mean, I think there's, there's nothing a... wrong with doing if you you can trick your own brain, that's mm. fine. Yeah. I think there's a, I think the Alan Moore magic shit that you're talking about, which they talked about on Chapo, of course, we get all of our material from Ben. Oh, Podcast. they did talk about Alan Moore on <clears throat> Chapo. I yeah, wondered yeah, yeah. where he came from cuz I haven't uh, thought about him. <laughs> Um, that was a good interview, actually. It was. It was a really good interview. But, like, I think that that's the... That occultism in the modern day has a lot of, like, hokey, weird, magical thinking bullshit. But there is a significant portion of it, which is the Alan Moore kind of just thinking different uh, ways into enacting will and kind of keeping yourself motivated and in having a meaningful life or whatever. But, yeah, that's a far cry from fucking... <clears throat> Thinking that your, well, your I, Sky Wizard patron wants, to, wants you to fucking condemn the gays publicly in your <laughs> office as a, <laughs> a fucking sporting mouthpiece. Uh, and the heretical notion mm. that the devil has power to actually affect mm. in any meaningful way God's creation. Yeah, It's a should... double whammy. There's no way for Christians <laughs> to coherently be bigoted. Yeah. Like, it's 100% mm. from an atheist and religious perspective, the wrong view for them to have. Yeah. It's yeah. just fucking bigotry. Of course. Because it's not about religion, it's about power and fortifying hatred and justifying it and shit like that. Anyway, I'm glad Israel Folau's been sacked. Hope he never works ever again. Over to you, Kieran. <clears throat> He'll work somewhere, definitely. He uh, my first story is about... Uh, Get a sponsorship deal from fucking one of those nutcase American shock jocks. Oh, yeah, yeah. He'll be doing something soon enough, for sure. <clears throat> uh, my first story is about Karen Andrews, uh, who's the Industry Science and Technology Minister. Uh, she is saying that she wants to see the tiny home and prefab building uh, sector grow by $30 billion over the next five years. It's a weirdly uh, specific figure. Karen, <laughs> Karen Andrews is a massive fan of the, the tiny home and committed the classic sort of uh, Liberal Party gaffe of being like, I might want to live in a tiny home someday, <laughs> which is obviously fucking absolute <laughs> horseshit. Uh, but for those of you who don't know listener tiny homes are like essentially just shipping crates that people elect to live in like half-sized shipping crates uh so that you can do your cooking while you take a shit and stuff like that and the appeal of them is that they're cheaper and more energy efficient than uh yeah regular homes but basically they've been like uh petty bourgeoisie fascinations uh mostly and uh what Karen Andrews wants to do is to increase the proportion of uh, shipping container slums that we have to address our housing crisis without actually addressing it. I'm going to show Darcy a photo, listener, of a particularly bad one. Uh, you'll see that the toilet is sitting right in front of the washing machine, and these things are... And right next to the fresh next food to the... preparation <laughs> bench. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> literally the the surface which has a big cut of raw meat and some vegetables on it is right next to the open toilet the which open doesn't toilet. look particularly clean which has a shower head next to it it looks like i, I hope she does <clears throat> live in a tiny home it looks like sounds the, like an ideal punishment for a liberal politician it looks like one of those like amazingly innovative and can do uh but nevertheless nightmares from like a cm reap uh roadside stall or something and this is what Karen Andrews wants our housing market to become, essentially. Uh, and, yeah, that takes the, the, the form of cutting red tape because, like, uh, zoning restrictions and, and stuff mean that you can't... There are laws around certain... forcing people to live in these environments <clears throat> in Australia and because of yeah. endemic issues in the past with slum laws. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's obviously the the moral issues. Uh, there's also just, Lots like... of people had to die in fires for those laws to get passed. <laughs> yeah. She's talking about the laws about, like, what sort of, you know, how many domiciles you can have on a block of land, which is obviously the same uh, area. But In the 19th century in Wales, people lived under these uh, conditions in the copper mining towns. It wasn't unusual mm. for, like, a family to literally have a two-by-four-metre piece of land yeah. allocated, which they had to build their shitty little hut on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like the way that the modern world presents like horrifying stories as feel good stories, because somebody got through an impossible nightmare. You see it a lot with like medical funding in the U S and stuff. You see him a lot with tiny homes as well, where it's like this man lives with his uh, disabled grandma on a fucking 30 centimeter by 30 centimeter block of land in Tokyo. And it's yeah. Like, I know they just played Josh Groban over it and it's fine. Yeah. 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 So, Prince Charles made a speech a few years ago about how the British, basically, like, middle class and aristocracy mm. could learn from the oppressed peasants of Darabi. The, it was then the largest slum in Asia. Yeah. It's in India, and it is... Like, parts of it are fine, but mm. most of it is incredibly unhygienic, dangerous, unpleasant place to live. Mm. But because in Darabi the, um, there's very little wealth inequality between the inhabitants, there is some. Yeah. Even slums have hierarchies, but it's a relatively cohesive community because interaction with each other is literally all that they've got. Yeah. So there's yeah. A, they score higher on some satisfaction indexes. Yeah. But for the Prince of Wales to be like, maybe they're the lucky ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's incredible fucking brain work there. <laughs> and Prince uh, Charles is... Yeah. Like, one of the nicest uh, people in modern politics as well, which is terrifying. He's one of the least, yeah, yeah. like, sheltered and weird <clears throat> people currently running the world. Who <laughs> <laughs> would have thought that would ever be a thing? It's, like, one of the problems <clears throat> that I have with these happiness uh, indexes and stuff is this, that they're basically fashioned by Western research institutes to research where in the world capitalism hasn't destroyed certain <laughs> sectors of traditional community happiness. And it's like, yeah, you have to immiserate people to the degree that they have to rely on each other or kill themselves. And then people are like, oh, yeah, well, I have some friends. The live music scene here is good because people want to leave their houses at any cost. Yeah. <coughs> um. But yeah, yeah. Sorry, listen, yeah. Kieran made me laugh and I almost died. Mm, mm. For my money, one of the only things that I uh, kind of liked about that fucking Ready Player One movie was their depiction of future living conditions. And I think they got it basically right that you'll just have stacks of shipping containers where people fucking hang out and occasionally get murdered by the cops. 
Oh, like yeah, like our social housing. Yeah, yeah, basically, but writ really Just large. Horrific filing cabinets for human beings to yeah. be forgotten about him. Yeah. yeah. Well, Karen Andrews wants more of it. Karen privately, Andrews. That uh, doesn't surprise me. Like the Liberal Party will always hit upon the worst way to solve mm. a problem. We don't need the things. We don't need physically more houses. Per se, we actually have sufficient housing stock to house everybody already. Yeah, it's just, just not being so used. So many of them are uninhabited because yeah. they're fucking abstract uh, investment shits. But I think yeah. I, ideally, like the government would be the largest landlord in the country, and mm. they'd provide like I don't know, sixty to eighty percent of yeah. housing, like the schooling system. And if you were, wanted to have a fucking cottage in the country, then you could be on buy one. But yeah. there should be a guarantee of a community house yeah yeah and the liberal party's version of that is because the housing because it market, has to be as fucking appalling <clears throat> as possible yeah because yeah. the housing market is similar like is fucking grossly overinflated and also crashing and like the economy is in serious danger or whatever their version of that is that you can buy a plot of land for like a hundred thousand dollars in powell town because all of its industries are dead and then spend forty thousand dollars on a prefab home that comes to you in fucking flat pack ikea style boxes and you build it yourself or just two halves and you plug them together yeah yeah it's fucking it's it's pretty wild the selling point being like you don't need anything but a screwdriver and some power tools to assemble one of our homes is, is like something that one of the spokespeople they will said need in the to be story. battery power tools though because obviously you won't <laughs> yeah have access to it. electricity power yeah <laughs> but like I don't think that that's a good battery power marker. tools are not very good yeah it's like a meal that says you only need a microwave yeah. to use it and it's like you know I'll have a good microwave meal from time to time but I'm not pretending that it's fucking hot cuisine no those are for work aren't they really mm. microwave meals yeah. are for work yeah they're for I have for luxury times I didn't get my shit together and there's a 711 <laughs> on the way to the shift that I'm running 5 minutes late for so I'll stop and get a butter chicken uh one of those beautiful yeah. burritos where the bread wrap catches fire and the heart <laughs> is still frozen <laughs> yeah yeah Love that shit. So that's it. Karen Andrews, who hopes one day to live in a tiny home herself. No, she doesn't. The lying fucking bastard. Well, uh, I mean, if she's talking about a prison cell, I'm all for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that is the better angle for that joke. We got a tiny home for you, <laughs> you piece of shit. Bump, 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 yeah. bump. Step on up. What's your next story, Darcy? My next story is even better than my first story. Yes. It's about how Daniel Andrews, the darling of people who think that he's on the left, mm. uh, is trying to destroy local democracy because local democracy keeps upsetting his fucking development plans. Yeah. Um, with councillors, especially in Yarra and Moreland, saying things like, but our constituents want this, so no. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that. We have yeah. to go to VCAT. They, mm. they, the councils lose in VCAT because... VCAT's not there to um, meaningfully enforce community standards or interests. It's there to oversee processes, basically. So yeah, but even that, even that, is too much local democracy for Daniel Andrews. So what's our what's our currently situation then? You live in a ward that has three councillors, mm-hmm. uh, which is chosen very simply by the top three polling candidates in your local council elections. Sure. This means that you've got a blend of political parties, political interests, political views, mm-hmm. and you also have a reasonable number of people to get across the work that needs doing as councillors. Mm. In the past, um, say 20, 25 years ago, we had single councillors uh, for wards. So you would have three people, yeah. essentially. 
and they were corrupt to a man, and they were all men. <coughs> <laughs> yeah. The classic uh, kind of, you know, you'd have the local solicitor, the local doctor, mm. and the local pharmacist or headmaster or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, cor- corruption was appalling in local authorities. Mm-hmm. Services delivered were atrocious. And uh, community interest in local government didn't exist at all. That was literally a case of, oh, they're the guys who arrange the bins, and that was it. Mm. And give today tonight news stories when they insist you trim your fucking hedge. Yeah. And they go, oh, a pension has been bullied by <laughs> brutes at the local authority. And like, well, she wouldn't let anyone use a fucking footpath. Like, <laughs> something had to be done. But anyway, that's I'm, <clears throat> I won't be sidetracked <laughs> by today and tonight. <laughs> And the wiles of Tracy Spicer. No, this is much more important, right? This is um, basically a system that was proven not to work and was destroyed Mm. and has been replaced by a system that also doesn't work but works better than the previous one. At least under the current system, I know that if I'm, like, trying to find out what the arts programs are, for example, in a local council, uh, like funding uh, festivals, that sort of thing, I know that my own council is not going to be the place to look. For example, because For sure. as you pointed out pre-show, it represents its constituents, which <laughs> means that it represents the Skeksis. So, yeah, goblins. Mm. Little truffle pigs. Yeah. But, you know, if you want to live under the under the auspices of a local authority that doesn't represent truffle pigs, you can. Mm. You can... I don't know what Richmond's one. Uh, well, Yarra Yar- Yar- Yar actually represents sort of somebody from everywhere, which is quite nice. There's communists... Yeah. Anarchists, Greens, Labour, Liberals, yeah. and it means you've got a bunch of it's quite good. A bunch of little councils where, like, as and I, I know that I'm focusing this on the arts, and that's only a small part of the remit of a local council, but one that I happen to sort of know about. Uh, you, it means you have little councils like Stonington is pretty good. I think that, like, despite the fucking vibe of everything, can actually put forward some good. Like, they have funding and. <laughs> The they run some very good cultural festivals. Yeah, they run yeah. some good community support services. Mm. Um, they are a more progressive kind of middle class group than mm. you have here. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then You're, like this is Buandara, isn't it? Yeah, Buandara. Yeah, which is, I grew uh, up in Buandara as well. It was very staid. It's terrible. They, there's been a couple of people that have tried to do some arts stuff, but only ever in the context of like once a year or something. Mads does a lot of work with councils, so I know yeah. that like. She's, She's got brave. a tiny bit of, Yeah, it's fucking been Strong terrible for her every step of the way. Uh, Especially this one. Well, she's only done a little bit of work for this one. She does uh, work for Whitehorse and they're terrible. But, they maintain... Uh, Buandara do maintain good libraries. That's true. Um, that's very true. The Burundara library system is really good. Yeah, but yeah, outside of that. But again, they represent the interests of their constituents and that is... Yeah. Um, the corpse of yesterday's empire, pretty much almost literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, they're fucking multi-millionaires, but that doesn't mean that they're... I mean, that does mean that they're stingy enough not to, want to, not to want to spend much money on books for their kids, but they do want their kids to read. But also they're the kinds of people who just like to know that libraries are there, even yeah. though they haven't been to one since Oh, the yeah, it's, it's a tremendous moral sell yeah. for them <laughs> to be like this. Somewhere where they... People can go. They're all ironically the same people trying to rob libraries of one of their main things, which is giving homeless people a warm place to sit for half an hour. But yeah. well, I mean, yeah, there is the downside to libraries, which is that people use them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not just fucking frigid monoliths. 
mementos of a of the culture which everybody claims but nobody has in this fucking country but this is a disaster Kieran if this bill goes through and it will yeah, go through yeah. because the liberals like this shit as well yeah um, not that it matters they can't stop Daniel Andrews from doing anything nor mm. should well, I mean I'd rather he was in charge than them but he's a he's a, he's a fucking psycho and yeah, yeah it's yeah. proof of something that I've been banging on about for ages and Robin locks the bedroom door and doesn't listen to me when she <laughs> sees me winding up for it mm. which is that the only purpose the state government serve in Australia mm. is to reduce the efficiency of administration mm. and to reduce the efficacy and accessibility of democracy. Mm. It's all the state governments do. They're sure. shit and they should be got rid of. Well, no, they exist to stimulate like the private prison industry. Oh. And... The federal government <laughs> the can do force. that as well. <laughs> that can all be redistributed. <laughs> the main purpose they serve mm. is they are too removed mm. for people to meaningfully interact with. Yeah. Right. And but their existence also means that councils have a lot of meaningful work that they could do and a lot of meaningful power they could have taken yeah. away from them. Because they say, well, why would you give this to the local council? It's obviously a state government issue. Yeah. The reason is because local councils represent coherent communities. Yeah. All the state government is is a spanner in the work of a functional society. And yeah. This is proof right. of it. This is proof of it. Local councils start to work effectively. Mm. The state government, the progressive state government, yeah. decides to stamp them to death. Mm. Yeah. While he builds prisons instead of housing units. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done a bunch of really terrible Fucking hate stuff. Him. The only reason people think that Daniel Andrews is good is because he's standing next to all of the other chaos demons that represent the <laughs> class of Australia. Well, yeah, yeah. The liberal government in this state was so fucking absolutely absent for so long that like they did genuinely fuck their chances for re-election for like a really long time they were horrendous the Uh, only thing they came up with in six no in eight years was uh what a a road that nobody wanted yeah wouldn't do anything yeah (laughs) yeah Daniel Andrews has improved infrastructure spending. That's he good. has, but this is the thing: like, none of that's impressive, though. That's what you're supposed to be like basic yeah, yeah, shit yeah, of being 100%. the premier. It's only people only think that he's good because <laughs> because he's the working unbelievable <laughs> incompetence of yeah. the rest of our ruling class. Yeah, <laughs> because we got used to the boiling water of our roads falling apart. <laughs> so then, just basic maintenance seems impressive. It's like, ah, oh, that and guy's getting- really good at boxing. Did you see how he ducked one punch? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Finally adding something to our fucking rail system after just decades of the, the like, spokes on a wheel. The well, there have been nothing sort of done waste. with those trains since they sold the Met. Mm. And Kennett sold the Met in the late 90s, what, 97 or something? I don't know, yeah, and around then. since then, yeah, the state completely took their hands off it. Yeah, yeah. Apart from when... Uh, oh, no, that was the other, the other thing the idiots did, was they brought mm. in the PSOs. So not only did they do we privatize yeah. the fucking train service, but the private company would then be protected by state paid for security yeah. services. Fantasy cops. It was so weird. It was it's it's yeah. But that's alright. Government spending props up the private sector completely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When um, China's government goes mental and decides that they are worried about their surplus too and they mm. decide to cut their spending watch our economy just pop like a fucking pimple yeah yeah <laughs> nothing good nothing good is on the horizon hey no in in terms of nothing good is on the horizon of the bits of this machinery legislative and economic machinery 
Oh, well, what a terrible thing. I we we that... just have to hope that our um, colonial masters in America keep pushing this millennial socialism thing. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing we can do from Australia, I'm afraid. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, if they don't, the other thing is that America's going to be gone as sort of like a big consideration within the next 50 years. And then, then we'll have to rely on the fucking French and the Japanese. Yeah, God, how depressing. Truly. <laughs> as much as big of a fucking bumboil as America is, as, as the fucking vortex at the abs, <laughs> like the dead center of this fucking nightmare that uh, modern life has become over the last couple of decades, like the true insanity of it. Uh, we need them. <laughs> we need them to exist just for some hope that they can do their old thing of tipping the political thermometer, but in the other way. It would be such a shame for America to come into power, fuck things up in the West for 40 years, unpunished, and then fade into obscurity just at the point where it seems like they might turn face and have a monster run. <laughs> it's got to be one of the shortest-lived empires in history, doesn't it? The American Empire. Like, oh, yeah. 1992 uh, to 2002. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like a fucking crazy short time. Yeah. 2008, I guess, really, but... Yeah. What a disaster. Nothing's ever gone up and down that quickly. Maybe the yeah. Babylonians. I think Nebuchadnezzar was the great king and then they were knackered after him. But yeah, possibly. I don't know enough about ancient uh, uh, empire history. That's the that's what you call it, right? Ancient empire that's history. Right. <laughs> that's the field of study. I'll have to ask Sargon of Akkad. I think he's the expert. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Friend of the show, Sargon. Um, yeah actually has views and opinions that would have embarrassed people even back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's my biggest hope, is that, like, time travel is invented and then exclusively used to send, like... <laughs> these nostalgic these, fuckwits back yeah, to, yeah, back to the ancient times, just so that they can get fucking, I don't know, seduced and then executed by some Greek legislator or something, <laughs> who would be just, like, infuriatingly... Uh, unhomophobic to the point that it wouldn't even arise as a concept for him <laughs> well, well indeed it wouldn't have i don't think in greece would it yeah like that's the, the whole point the whole is that point. they didn't really have they were they didn't yeah they were more modern than we've managed to get to in terms of sexuality except for the whole pederasty thing that's maybe a little well, it's better, but it's better than the Catholic Church, though, still. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least they waited till the kids could walk independently before they started jumping them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, that's a narrow defense. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Your Honor, at least he waited. <laughs> <laughs> if I could provide some extenuating circumstances in the form of a character testimonial. I mean, my client... let's be honest, he hasn't really done anything wrong. I know it's illegal, but it's mm. not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? There's a great deal to that, young man. There's a great deal to that, indeed. Mm, mm. Prosecution? Yeah, that's getting too real. <laughs> too plausible. Uh, sh should we push on? Because I'm very excited to get to our next Swing through section. those vines, machete man. Uh, we've got a musk update. Oh, corker. It's been a while since... Uh, so two things... I mean, he's been doing a bunch of shit, but there's two things that I want to focus on. Uh, two minor, <laughs> two tantrums. That's all they are. Uh, the first was he really, you know, he's got that fucking stupid, he had the Hyperloop and then the Hyperloop became that Dodgers oh. stadium tunnel. Yes. The Hyperloop was the vacuum. Yeah. 
tunnel for humans. And then yeah. it then it just became a tunnel and uh, with like bizarre sort of trolley things like a Half-Life 2 level to level transition. Yeah. And then it became like just a high speed tunnel that you would get your car into and it would drive at high speeds throughout uh, these single channel. Like it's fucking so impractical on so many levels. But his, his company released, one of his companies uh, released a, a video of like one car trying to go through LA traffic and another car going through one of these tunnels. And it's like a dash cam footage of each one. And the tunnel guy gets into the tunnel and then goes at like 200 miles per hour or some shit through yeah, the tunnel. Cause he's the only person using it. Yeah. 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 And, uh, awesome. and everybody was like, everybody was like, <laughs> yeah, there's one person in there. It's one lane. How many of these fucking things are you going to build? What happens if you crash in the middle of the tunnel and an ambulance can't get down there because it's only rated for cars? That's I don't want to. I thought that your specialty was supposed to be getting people out of the situation of dying in subterranean prisons, or so you claim. But no, <laughs> <laughs> apparently he wants to engineer more Thai cave disasters. And uh, and somebody was like, and he will continue <laughs> to do so until he's proved that the submarine works. Yeah, yeah, that's all. That's all it is. You fucking check where those tunnel plans are in relation to major water pipes and you'll find a fucking told you so thing This is in the why making. it's so cool to have a class of ruling billionaires <laughs> yeah, that get yeah. to treat our countries fucking- like roller coaster tycoon or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking dumb as hell. And somebody was like, why don't you just fucking invest and help build a subway system for LA, which could desperately use some like better public transport infrastructure. And he was like, uh, well, a subway system can carry, you know, fucking 60 people per carrier or whatever the numbers are. So it can carry this many people at this uh, speed and then came up with some dumb formula for like the Musk coefficient or some <laughs> shit where it's like, it only has a Musk coefficient of 1.2 when you balance these factors against each other. Whereas my completely hypothetical fantasy tunnel network... <laughs> <laughs> can take, uh, could transport the entirety of LA from one side to the other in an afternoon. Uh, oh. He freaked out about it. So that was tantrum one. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a child. He's such a fucking he's child. He's like the last, um, the last kind of hope, the last gasp of that wonderful 1950s futurism. Hope, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. He's holding it. <laughs> Holding the thought Everybody for futurism in a big way. Too, but what is that wonderful flower quote? Everybody else is too much of the world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's dumb. He's dumb. Uh, <laughs> his second, uh, his second tantrum was he posted a fucking he posted a, a a piece of art to Twitter, like some something that somebody had made, <laughs> and somebody was like, "Oh, could you give?" They didn't even criticize him. I don't think. Some people probably did, but people were like, could you give us the information on the artist? And he responded by saying, nobody should be credited for anything ever. Uh, Apart <laughs> from me yeah, yeah, and yeah, my yeah, submarines. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this, is, this is the man who, who accused <laughs> a rescue diver of being a pedophile with no evidence. There was plenty of because- evidence. He's in Thailand. That <laughs> oh, was the yeah, evidence. of course. He lives in Thailand. Uh <laughs> And people pointed this out and uh, <laughs> because he didn't get credit for a stupid <laughs> fucking submarine, which didn't work, wouldn't have worked and was useless. It's uh, just a box. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can't get over it. it yeah, yeah, box. yeah, yeah. 
He was sitting there, like, looking at his... (laughs) (laughs) He was sitting there watching the news report and smoking a cigar and just looked at the cigar tube in his hands and was like, hmm, I think I've had one of my genius brainwaves. This is fucking bizarre. I've always been a dreamer, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Don't be afraid to think big. What's the big idea? We take this and we make it big. Uh, And yeah, uh, so so people were just telling him not to be a dick and to just credit this artist. And he fucking went on a tear. And he said, I wish people would stop crediting artists on Twitter when any fool can find out who the artist was in seconds. It's destroying the medium. (laughs) (laughs) Crediting artists is destroying the medium of Twitter. What is he talking about? It doesn't make any sense. Thin-skinned baby man defense of just like, actually, what you're saying is a terrible and hurtful idea. Crediting artists, I can't think of anything more reckless and damaging. I mean, I thought they destroyed the medium when they doubled the character count. That was like the... (laughs) Yeah, that destroyed the medium. They legitimately are destroying the medium by not banning Nazis. (laughs) Also that. (laughs) Yeah. But fucking... (laughs) People crediting artists is one of the very few good, like, anarchistic self-managed things that Twitter manages to do. Oh, and it's so easy to do. Yeah. But you you check the replies to that thing and there's so many lickspittle boot, uh, lickspittle fucking bootlicker <laughs> people being like, oh, yes, yes, Mr. Musk, you genius. They've never heard of reverse image search. They've never, they're <laughs> thin-skinned. They turn everything into a scandal because people are ripping him to piss for it. Uh, I don't think it's as much of a moral quandary as some people are making it out to be. But it I is love the little musk dumb. pigs. Yeah, yeah. The, the so guy, weird. I just... Well, a lot of them are me. smarter than he is as well. They don't realise yeah. it. Yeah. Because they're, they're so caught up in his cult of personality. Well, they're, they're just much better. They're side. smart in a very different way. So it's like the yin and the yang of like, yeah. he's smart in the like absolute batshit lunacy of being a tech billionaire. And they're smart in maybe a more practical way, but crucially dumb in the like critical thinking about essentially cult leaders way. <laughs> so they get taken for a ride. Oh, I'm relieved about both of those stories. I thought <laughs> I thought it was going to be something terrible, like he started dating Billy Irish. Oh or something. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's Drake. Is going to be that one. Um, yeah, yeah. Our boy, our precious, oh, that made me feel so much boy. better. I love, I love, I love it when you found a juicy morsel on Musk. Mm, mm. It was, <laughs> it was worth it to to wait a bit and let it build up. It's fucking bloody oath it was. It's so tremendous. <laughs> credit. What's he? He takes credit for everything. That's his job: is taking credit for things which he says might happen. Yeah. That then turn out to be much, much less impressive versions of those things. Yeah, that that is, that is pretty much. He's very much the Peter Molyneux of not gaming. Mm. Yeah, like the space thing. Impressive in its own way. He doesn't really seem to be doing anything with it anymore. There's not really that much to do with it, like, really. Yeah. Uh, the Tesla thing... Look at all I mean, the other people's technology that I've had enough money to yeah, use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
that's the, we need like a, a, a version of a Chiron, like a ticker thing that's just like always like when we're talking about Musk, we're talking about other people's achievements. But like the but Tesla then with, thing, with 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 his money applied to them, that yeah, is an yeah. achievement still here. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Tesla thing is kind of like that might pan out to be useful or whatever. But when you think back about the combination of those two companies, when SpaceX launched a car into space, yeah. think about that now. And just reflect on how fucking pointless and stupid it is to launch a car into space for no reason. Well, it was about demonstrating that you can carry stuff in the thing, allegedly. That was the point. Was you could, yeah, but... But we already knew you could carry stuff in it, because that yeah. was the whole point of it. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, I, you've got to have something in there. I guess it makes sense from a why not kind of perspective. And look, but marketing it's just, perspective, it was, you know... I mean, we're talking yeah. about it, and they say that that's the point. Yeah, but I'm sure that there was a reason. Was it Xerxes who had his soldiers whip the ocean? Um, sounds like something Xerxes might have done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, I know there's, there was the whole thing where Canute sort of went down to the shoreline could have been. and ordered the tide to turn back. Yeah, yeah. And there are two versions. In one version, it's because he was a wise king and he wanted to demonstrate the limits of his earthly authority. Yeah. And the other story, it's because he was a nutcase. Yeah. I mean, porque no los dos, right? So, like, Indeed. I think in the annals of history, that's that's what the Musk car launch is going to be. It's going to be, like, to demonstrate that it could carry a certain capacity, he put a semi-advanced electrical vehicle into a rocket and then just shot it into the void <laughs> carelessly, which is a very human fucking thing to do. <laughs> Extremely, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he's <laughs> he's a dipshit, and I love, love hearing about what he's been up to. Oh, bless. Thank you so much. Now, um, are we ready for our? Uh, are we ready for our main topics? Yeah, yeah, we are. Oh, you lucky listener! All right, but first, can we have a cup of tea, please, Kieran? Yes, yeah, let's do that. We are back from our tea break, mm. and I I, 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 almost want to carry on the conversation about plot twists and. Yeah, we were just talking about tests. movies and TV, <laughs> uh, TV shows. What did we talk about? John Wick. John Wick. Uh, happy. Happy. We talked pet. about pet and Gone Girl. Gone Girl, and I'm um, very briefly Umbrella Academy. Umbrella Academy, um, which I hated. If you're curious, listener, uh, and then Tuka and Birdie. Which I thought was all right. He thought it was all right. I haven't seen either of those last two. But Kieran mm. has just told me Umbrella Academy was written by the lead singer of My Chemical Romance, who for a long time I thought were the same band as Muse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the comic that it was based on was... Comic was, that it was based to on. To be fair, like, like the comic sounds like it's more interesting than the show. Like, they're fucking... The Eiffel Tower is a rocket ship or some... Like, it's it's crazy. Eiffel Tower yeah. would be a terrible rocket ship. It here. would. Aerodynamic, not at all. I've not been, at all. I've been playing a lot of it, Kerbal it, Space it Program, and have... I can tell you that the Eiffel Tower would fucking tilt badly at takeoff. <laughs> it's very much not designed for it. Yeah. Uh, Towers it, are defined by their static qualities, usually. Yeah, yeah. Typically, typically. Uh, yeah, but just, uh, dear listener, when I hated the show and then found out that it was based on something written by the My Chemical Romance guy. I just became inexplicably angry really quickly. Uh, a lot of rage in Kieran. I know he, mm. he he keeps a calm front up on the show, but there's a lot of anger. Yeah, it basically is young man. anger and sadness and <laughs> uncommunicative. He makes me seem like the happy one. It's, it's I don't know if that's true. It is true. <laughs> <laughs> I think swings and roundabouts, depending on the time. All right. Uh, and the wine level. What 
Yes. Uh, what, uh, what, 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 what? What, 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 what? what uh, topic? Topics. Well, so, there's a bit of a problem in the old democracy at the moment, Kieran. Mm. And a lot of it's got to do with discourse around rights. Yes. Around freedom to exercise rights. Mm-hmm. And around, uh, I hate to point fingers. You know, I hate to point fingers. Listeners will know that I hate to point fingers, especially at this much victimised group. But I, I do have to come out and say, the inability of Tories to understand the terminology that they're using when yeah. they try to have political conversations. Yeah. Israel Folau is a great case in point. Mm. You cannot be a bigot in the act of resisting bigotry. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. There was a lovely meme going around Facebook where um, it's a still from Indiana Jones and mm. I think the Raiders of the Lost Ark. No, the Last Crusade, mm. where he's in the back of a ute punching a Nazi guard out and the caption is, Ah, well, Dr. Jones, now you have become the Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So much for the tolerant left. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and partly it's because the left also uh, use foolish terminology when they, like the word tolerant, for instance, that you just used. It's been yeah. commented on, this is not an original idea. It's a disastrous, disastrous choice of words mm. to use for a, an open and respectful society. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. But it made sense at the it time made sense at the when time. it came to prominence in the 90s or whatever, you know, have some fucking tolerance, you know. Absolutely. But it's so loaded with cultural value for yeah. a start because to- tolerance is something that you put up with, you, you know, I might tolerate the roadworks outside of my house, for instance. Yeah. I but tolerate the thrilled. conditions at my job. Indeed. Because I need to eat. Uh, <clears throat> it's yeah, a terrible yeah, yeah. philosophy. But who could, have, who could have predicted at the time when Francis Fukuyama had waved that checkered flag and history had ended? I'm going to see if I can get a Fukuyama <laughs> into every episode. Uh, I'm sure he appreciates the love. <laughs> Nobody else is talking about him anymore for strange <laughs> yeah. reasons that yeah, <laughs> yeah. Going to. Who could have predicted the fucking insane shell game that language would have become over the next two decades? In I mean, fairness, writing during the 90s, virtually nobody could have guessed yeah. that everything was so close to getting completely oh, fucked. Oh, yeah. We were all, like... It was, it's easy now to look back and see how dumb everybody was being, but at the time, like... Everybody was being that dumb. Absolutely. No, absolutely they were. And yeah, so granted. Yeah. I'm not I'm not being angry at people who coined mm. the phrase tolerance. They were trying to help, sure. Yeah. But it was a disastrous choice. Um because it's given rise to this idea that everything is supposed to be tolerated. Yeah. And that it's hypocritical to oppose mm. intolerance, which is nuts. Yeah. Basically, respect is the phrase that ought to have been used because Mm. respect gives you a very handy gauge whereby Mm. you can determine objectively or subjectively but with a good degree of reasonableness whether something is actually deserving of respect or not whereas tolerance implies that everything is subpar but you have to put up with all of it yeah yeah that the price for a society is Having to deal with aren't going anywhere. queers yeah. and foreigners and women and all those ghastly sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're you're touching on, of course. We talked about something. I'm just going to cite the same people because I don't do new research anymore. I'm fucking. <laughs> I'm acting like a tenured professor now that I'm you have become yeah, barely you're a in casual. The yeah, I'm unemployed now because I finished my marketing. If, so. if I can quote my paper published in 1972. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
but uh, yeah, one of the things uh, that I'm going to bring back up is that uh, Karl Popper's paradox of tolerance, which uh, indeed also gets shared around a lot, uh, which is good. Which is yeah, the, to say that if you want to be a tolerant society, you have to draw a line at tolerating intolerance because that undermines the entire project. I think it's a little more interesting, but I understand why this doesn't get shared in memes to use, uh, again, citing, reciting Stanley Fisher's ideas around free speech and, <clears throat> and stuff and reformulating your thinking around politics uh, to not think of it as like an open and civil discourse, but it is always about power and about exercising power to create the kind of society that you want. When Adam Hill's condemned egg boy for egging Fraser Anning uh, and said that we should defeat Anning with wit and discourse. Yeah. He wasn't actually like that's presented as like championing a, a civil society where everything is discussed, but that's something that only power can do when it doesn't want to get up and enforce itself. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> what you need to do is say, no, fuck, I have a moral compass. There are certain things which shouldn't be tolerated in society those are people that hurt other people, people that would inf- impinge and upon other people. People who plan to hurt other people. Yeah. And the fact is, unfortunately, Johnny um, Pye does this a lot as well. Mm. We should a... get these conversations out into the open and defeat yeah. them with our righteous points of winning. He's doing a bit of a fill-out turn is... as well. <laughs> you... Is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's involved in some right-wing comedy night thing in a... Maybe he got tired of people the on the left telling him that they didn't like his... That he was a spineless... <laughs> horrible crap that he was yeah, doing. Yeah, his first bit was pretty good, but that you couldn't build an entire career off it, and more to the point, you're a comedian, not a fucking political scientist. Jonathan Pye. And... Doesn't he fucking know? <laughs> Doesn't he fucking know? <laughs> I shook my headphones off. He and Adam Hills have both missed a very fundamental point of dealing with fascists, which is that you cannot have... You, you can't beat them in a reasonable argument. I mean, you... Don't get me wrong. You beat them in a reasonable argument, right? Yeah. But they don't know that that's happened, so it's a waste of time. It's yeah, like yeah. trying to fight a fire by mm. turning the air conditioning down really, really low and yeah. hoping that somehow you can just cool the whole house down. Yeah, it's yeah. It's fucking insane. It's- These are people who, by definition of having reached the point that they have reached in their political views, mm. are not susceptible to reasonable conversations. Yeah. They are only susceptible to force because they have chosen a philosophy that is predicated around force being the only valid means of expression. Yeah. This is where a little bit of post-structuralism would actually come in really handy because the people who call for civil discourse act as though logic is a central substance in the universe that if you can balance everything with logic, then the universe will proceed... uh, you know, in an orderly fashion or whatever. But no, the centre, the logical centre is where you put it, and sometimes that requires exerting force. You can't just do it through discourse and arguments. No, you're not Socrates. (laughs) If somebody wants to fucking exterminate a... I mean, it's fucking telling that we don't have actual... uh, It's not telling, because this is not how writing functioned at the time, but we don't have transcripts from actual conversations that Socrates had. No, we We have have... transcripts from Plato's wet dreams about arguments Socrates We have pure hagiography, and we've mistaken it for a documentary record. And it's fucking not in tune with human psychology. I remember there's one one of the dialogues. I'm not going to reference it, because I can't Mm. remember the actual which book or thing it was. But Socrates is winding up a priest. Mm. 
right? And he gets the priest to admit that there's no such thing as objective standards for holiness because the gods can't agree about what is and isn't holy. Yeah. And the priest basically is very obliged and he says, do you know what, Socrates, you're completely right. I'm a fool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will never be so... <laughs> yeah, it's completely dumb. <laughs> Have you ever tried arguing with a fucking priest? Now, I mean, granted, it may have been easier under a polytheistic tradition to point out the contradictions in the idea of an objective standard of divine blessedness. Yeah. But I can't imagine devout believers were, again, like, that's only a trick that works with people who aren't devout believers. Yeah, yeah. It's not even a trick. It's a technique that works with people who are still using their brains, Mm. not just being mad fucking zealots. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't doubt that Socrates was a formidable rhetorician. Is that a word? Uh, rhetorician. Why not? Sure. Uh, <clears throat> and I, He's uh, a great speaker. And we owe a lot of... <laughs> uh, we owe a huge debt, obviously, to logic and philosophy in the creation of our society. But those things work in control. Like, they were originally packaged with the science sciences for a reason they work in controlled conditions where everybody sort of agrees on some basic principles and stuff and there's power in argumentative speech and writing obviously but in the power struggle where people fucking get killed in the day-to-day you can't yeah you can't just be like oh let's have a a sit down and a chat with israel falau (laughs) who believes that these people are going to burn in a fucking fictional underworld man who doesn't even understand the fucking underpinnings of his own made-up nonsense. Yeah, yeah. that's going to work. We'll just be able to convince... It's worked pretty well so far. That fucking millions and millions of people died in the Second World War explicitly to refute fascism. Like, that's... Well, not explicitly. Obviously, there were a lot of vested interests at play, but, like, that's what it took the last time they were allowed to to seize power. That's what happens when you treat these people reasonably. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. If you want... And that's, like, it's... The biggest joke of the Second World War is Chamberlain's fucking appeasement doctrine, which was trying to be but reasonable and say, th- if I give you her, then you give me her. And he's like, sure, also I'll take this and this. Yeah, absolutely. Idiot. Yes, if you help me build my power base, mm. I will... Uh, ki- what well, Churchill actually put it quite well. Hate to say this, but he did. Mm. You're feeding the alligator and hoping it eats you last. That's yeah. basically what you're doing. Yeah. And, uh, and it is all Chamberlains still who are the ones... It's all, you know basically safe middle-class white men who are like, no, 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 let's not be hasty. We've got civil society to think of. Yeah, and all because... No one who's at threat from these fucks. This is the thing that bothered me about the Adam Hills thing, is it's all from people who... I mean, some of them are disingenuous monsters, but a lot of them just don't realise the power that they have. And I don't like the, you know, check your privilege kind of thing, but it's like they have a tremendous amount of, like, cultural clout and usually quite a lot of money and there's secure and shit, and they don't stand to lose anything. That's all true. And so they think that society works well, but they don't realise that it's just because of the invisible exertion of power of which they are beneficiaries. That's right. Until we sort of think of politics as power exclusively and understand that power can be a good thing, power to help people, then we're doomed to fucking lose to fascists. And we have to accept that there's actually moral content to ideas. One of the things that Tories play really well is this idea that ideas all exist in a vacuum of moral neutrality Mm. and you treat all of them the same way. And it's not true. Ideas by their nature are mostly composed of moral outlooks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's the, I mean, it's the same root word as ideals. Like, uh, 
You know, explicitly let, so. Let's say there's a, a shortage of uh, food. Yeah. You have two solutions proposed. One, we mm. should improve crop yields and yeah. distribution. The other, we should start to kill poor people. Yeah. Those are not, you know, the same level of moral. No, they're not neutral containers <laughs> for which we might be able to reasonably decide which one is better. We need to, you need to take a moral stand. We were talking briefly about Nietzsche before and his whole point about moral individualism far from being like selfish uh nazi shit like people accuse him of is of <clears throat> having a firm interior moral basis based on kind of being good to people yeah ideally uh, not, not, it's literally anti-nazi because it's about not having your, your internal morality dictated to you yeah. by self-interested external parties yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> That's that you need to bring your own morality to bear and not expect the discourse to do. Have the work you for tried you. being one of the deserving poor? Because I think you might find yeah, it's less. Yeah. It's you will feel feel better about <laughs> yeah. being if you if you know you're one of the deserving ones. Mm-hmm. Can I pose another crazy hypothetical uh, scenario of two opposing ideas? That well, it, this is if you only, will a safe space. Kieran. Yeah, yeah. Only a mad society would treat these things as equivalent. But say you had a press that was responsible for sort of putting ideas forward to the public and yeah. kind of dissecting them and, and presenting them. And then you had, say, on the one side, a, a vast and overwhelming consensus of uh, very qualified professionals telling us that there was a climate crisis at hand. Mm. And then on the other hand, you had a bunch of uh, paid shills uh, working for massive oil multinationals. And genuine <clears throat> idiots as well. Yeah, and genuine idiots. Uh, and, and people also just legitimately, psychologically not being able to confront the terror of that reality, mm-hmm. which has some sort of sympathy to it, or not in what they use it to do. And then, say, the press is like, oh, we present these two ideas as op- opposing poles of the argument to, to present balance. That's fucking madness, but it's exactly the thing that we do yeah. because of this idea. Oh, the number of, of talking heads discourse. from Queensland who are like, oh, well, now I don't deny global warming. I just view it as more of a long-term issue. Like, yeah, yeah. like, will we be a long-term civilization or not? Yeah. I don't deny... In that sense. I don't deny... <laughs> I don't deny global warming. I just deny the reality of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 for some <clears throat> reason, I still think it's 500 years away. Yeah. And, like, the idea that inner city people need to get out of their bubble and listen to the concerns of rural people is true. It's very very true. But but the converse side (laughs) is that we need to stop presenting fucking uh, unqualified opinions as equal Mm. to qualified opinions and fucking abdicating our moral responsibility to look after our fucking fellow human beings. Yeah. It's not complicated, but it has caused a crisis in Australian Mm. politics. It yeah. really has, because we are fighting now. If you look at the rhetoric online, certainly, and the yeah. rhetoric that's expressed via the radio, um, not so much on the television. TV mm. stations tend to be much cagier about what they let their sort of presenters and things get away with. Mm. But on radio and on the internet, the incomprehensible uh, inability of people to understand that they're discussing real policies with real implications and not just empty abstract values being exchanged back and forth is one of the reasons it's got to be one of the reasons why the public is so apathetic and so confused about politics yeah 
Yeah, right? because 100%. there's no real content to any of the mm. political discourse. There's yeah. never anything about what the policies of either party mean. There's mm. only ever commentary, for instance, about the way that they're perceived. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then two weeks out from an election, you get something that it's just like, oh, also, like, your house is gone. Your public housing is gone. And, all like, that's the material thing that you get, a knife from the dark. Yeah. The press always say, you know, they'll say it's very important for Scott Morrison and Josh Frydenberg to maintain the uh, kind of dialogue Mm. that the Liberal Party are great economic managers. Yeah. There are no newspapers that will just come out and say the Liberal Party are terrible economic managers and this is literally the numbering, the numbered evidence. Yeah. The black and white truth. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. This is the thing that frustrates me about, uh, like, every journalist, but about Andrew Probin, the the political editor for the ABC, because he is in the position to do exactly that. And every time a big thing comes up, when the fucking... Just before Turnbull got knifed, we talked about that article that he wrote where he was like, uh, his goal is convincing the electorate that he's a mere mortal or something. And it was all about this aesthetics of campaigning and, and yeah, you're right, like perception and, and Yeah, it's like the entire thing has become meta-commentary. There's no actual commentary anymore. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if there ever was, but there certainly isn't now. There hasn't been at any point while I've been alive. Yeah. The whole fucking thing has become a fucking Benioff and Weiss post-Game of Thrones <laughs> inside the episode thing. But fucking, ah, oh, man, yeah, it's, it's frustrating and it's dumb. Our press has... But this is the logical endpoint of uh, third way shit from the left. Party, yeah, that's true. Quote unquote left parties and uh, the fucking technocratic the, and neoliberal solutions to everything. And the third way was essentially um, a, a, a position led out by people who had given up on the idea that there was any sort of moral standards in the world, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's nakedly so like we only have to be better than them instead of yeah we only have to be better than them and instead of trying to do what we believe is right we will just try to do enough to keep our base and the enemy's base as happy as possible balancing them together yeah but they're not compatible points of view and they're becoming actually less compatible rather than more compatible yeah because of the deprivation of content in the public discourse yeah yeah the last thing we need right now on a crashing plane is a fucking oxygen mask dropping down in that fight club way to just pump our brains full of gas and make us calm. Like, there's still... I mean, I don't know how much time there is to stop the plane from actually crashing, but... Well, it depends on the pilots, I guess. Yeah. If the pilot's <laughs> just... If it's crashing because the pilot is taking a shit... Then this, the fucking stewards and steward, what are they called? Air hostess, hosts? I don't know, the, the waiters. Fucking, yeah, the sky waiters. If they're just being like, oh, we can't interrupt the captain's shit, let's all just suck down some oxygen. This analogy has become very abstruse well, and weird. Well, it's actually but- why Korean Airways used to have such a terrible safety record before they did their mm. um, training on hierarchical breakdown. Yeah. Yeah, because literally incompetent captains would not be challenged by members of the crew who yeah. felt that it wasn't their place to get involved. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, it was grim. <laughs> so you had of, one person being A lot like, of very unnecessary deaths caused by yeah. social embarrassment, basically. Yeah. <laughs> one person being like, 
I believe, and I think I represent uh, most of the qualified people in the field, that up is the direction in which we should be flying, and the pilot being like, well, uh, I don't know about all of that nonsense, but I'm a very kind of cut-to-the-bone kind of fellow, and I'm pretty sure that down is the direction that we should be flying. Everybody <laughs> Except being like, well... In mo- if you had that in a modern political conversation, the captain would say, oh, so you're suggesting that I pl- fly this plane vertically towards the atmosphere. <laughs> well, yeah. it isn't designed for that. That's yeah. an insane suggestion. Yeah. Flying I'm, vertically much downwards more, much is more realistic extremely than feasible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. A hundred percent. I suppose you want to fly us up to the top of your ivory tower. <laughs> yeah. So this kind of walks us into my next bit, which yeah. was, all right, the, the fucking deathly meta conversations that go on. So Fraser mm. Ranning, obviously, like, there are practical reasons why you can't, you know, storm the stage and drag him off and hang him in a field somewhere. Yeah. Right? Because of the law. I get that. Mm. But all these guys who are saying, no, 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 no. What we do with Fraser Anning and wackos like him Mm. is we defeat them through discourse. Yeah. That was the end of their argument. Nobody then went on to try to defeat him through discourse. All of these people who are paid specifically to be good at having national dialogues then proceeded to do fucking nothing. It's a good thing he didn't win, right? But we are stuck with him until he dies now. He's going to be... Pauline Hanson, the mm. fucking second, because Palmer pretty much frazzled fortune. Yeah. But yeah, we've got him and Pauline, and they're not going to go away ever. No. Because nobody who keeps saying, well, what we do is we just get these views out into the open and mm. we kill them because sunlight's a great yeah. cleaning agent, even though it isn't. It's, a, it's radiation, it give you <laughs> cancer. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. Very bad for you, sunlight. Clean the life right out of your body. <laughs> um, not, yeah, soap yeah. is a steriliser. Vinegar is a steriliser. Sunlight yeah. is not. Defeated in the court of public opinion. Have you seen the court of public opinion lately? It's a fucking shit show. It's terrible because the guardians of that court don't know what to talk about. Yeah. They're cowards and they can only engage in meta conversations. Yeah, yeah. Which is why people think that... Threatening Christian, uh, sorry, threatening homosexuals with hell Mm. is the same as telling that menacing person to get the fuck out of the room. Yeah, yeah. We should have done exactly what the fucking Germans did and just banned fascism, banned all Nazi iconography, banned fucking that extremist horse shit. And I know that Germany isn't like completely safe from that shit. Nobody ever is. At least they have. But that's why you have to be constantly vigilant. You know, it's the rats in, in the plague. They're always in the sewer. Yeah. Yeah. But you must be constantly vigilant. It isn't tragic that it's literally took the Holocaust and the second world war for Germany to be the only country in the world. I think yeah. maybe apart from Austria, I'm not sure, to actually say, no, do you know what? This this is just objectively it's, illegal. It's Yeah, it's bad. It's fucking bad in the same way that inciting violence is bad because it is just inciting violence. And and that's breaking down in Germany now after a mere yeah. three generations. Yeah. Three generations. Yeah, we're fucking doomed, the human race. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. So if you want mm. to be a nationally syndicated opinion leader mm. and you want to be paid tremendous amounts of money for sharing your opinion <laughs> something kieran and i do for free because we're better than you right 
you need to be prepared to have some moral gumption and some courage. Yeah. If you say, I'm not allowed to hit Nazis because you're going to defeat them in the court of public opinion, I would mm. like you to please get into the court of public opinion yeah. and start trying to defeat the Nazis. Yeah. Because apart what? from Jeff Sparrow, I can't see any journalists doing any fucking legwork at all in this country. Yeah, yeah. That's crucially the thing. You You have to accept that what you're saying then is like, I'll take care of this fight. Yeah. So take care of the fucking fight then. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. The press in this country for so long. And again, I think we've glossed over the raids thing, but like... Oh, yeah. The AFP raids. We can just drop in briefly (sighs) that they fucking reaped what they sowed. They didn't have any pushback against... No, they were completely... increased police powers, uh, surveillance state shit. They were were cheerleading for this shit. All of the press were. News Corps were the worst, but the ABC were passive as fuck about it. If they did oppose it, they usually didn't. Well, they did a bunch of the same procedural horse shit that you were talking about earlier, that, that procedural meta commentary where they're like, oh, if the Labour Party want to stay in the game with their amendments, then they have to capitulate now. And it was all like, yeah, strategy talk. And it's like, what about the fucking bill? For fuck's sake. That was with the encryption bill, of course. But it's like just an aggregate of all of that shit. And I know that part of the pushback against that has been like, oh, it was the crime act of 1917 or whatever that they, that they operated under. But 1914, I think. Sure. Whatever. (laughs) Uh, But unmistakably (laughs) emboldened. (laughs) <laughs> Nothing else going on at the moment. You need to worry about. Um, unmistakably, in the environment created by just power after power after power being fucking uh, championed and seized by fucking Dutton and fucking Pizzullo and all of those, like... Yeah. Gestapo-worshipping ghouls that just want nothing more to, than to jizz on the shiny black leather of an authentic jackboot. Oh, my God. Such a graphically real image, I actually <laughs> shudder, because I can 100% see that happening. Yeah. Um, and, I don't know, it's left Albanese in a position where he thinks it's acceptable to gutter the entire purpose of the Labour Party ever having existed. Yeah, he's fucking... Oh, my God. Because he's spent... like The last 30 years, right, mm. when this shit I know from life experience has been going on, all of his political career... The point has been reinforced over and over and over and over and over again that the only thing that matters is the discourse, mm. right? It's basically the ultimate triumph of the advertising industry, isn't it, in a yeah. way? Um, Which, by the way, Alan Moore pins down as the last realm of magic operating in the public <laughs> sphere quite accurately, I think. Yeah. Dark magic. Devil's magic. magic. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just yeah. yeah it, it's depressing as fuck because we've yeah. it is it is a case of we've got these people who've essentially disarmed the public. Mm. They've disarmed themselves, yeah, and now they're preaching inactivity. Yeah, it's yeah. gruesome. It really but is. But that's the state of ideas, and it wasn't yeah. always the way in Australia. As dark yeah. a heart as our nation's history has, ideas used to be something that caused yeah riots in the a streets. Few brief flashes of genuine sort of in in melbourne and thought in the 19th century mm. people would get angry about politics and they would fight about politics mm. punches in pubs and down the street Isn't that riots. The, whole, the whole gimmick of was, the john Curtin hotel is that you would have the uh fucking wigs in one side and the conservatives in the other or whatever whatever fucking breakdown it was at the time yeah like, like well, the labor different the labor and, and then 
the other. Well, there was a Labour and Unions pub, but you would yeah. have the different factions meeting there. Oh, okay. Yeah. And not, and not ve- quite the blood bowl. Various different. Well, it was pretty bad. Like, yeah. well, the two bars because you'd have rival separate. unions as well. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not so much anymore. Now it's just fucking. Did it John really, it really is Adworld, and like can't uh, unchain that from the the centralizing of the profit motive as our like central social driving force, which is of course morally like ethically uh nihilistic as a as a motivating factor and but everybody's bought into it it's like that's really the only value statement that people can make is monetary yeah, <laughs> value pretty much so yeah we've lost our architecture and our our fucking fire for for discourse or for ideas or just for morality really well cuz people have not been trained to comprehend it yeah you can basically sometimes shake people into saying that killing someone is bad. Sometimes. <laughs> if the crime is bad enough. But that's about it. Yeah. It's, it is... Uh, it's it's de- depressed me more than I thought it was talking about. <laughs> i got to say. Because, yeah, we, 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 we're, and we're stuck in a point where because the right don't mm. and have never needed ideas, really... The right's whole thing has always been just masquerading as the golden past, yeah. Effect essentially, and can and, and and acting like they're the grown ups in the room, yeah. To the sorts of people who still need parenting at the age of fucking forty, mm. right? <coughs> the left needs ideas. Yeah. Without ideas, there's no such thing as the left. Yeah. It's yeah. literally a war, sort of a confederation of warring tribes yeah. whose only points of unity are a couple of ideas. Yeah. And, and like, th- they almost become the anti idea party. It's because the only party with ideas is the fucking horrible fascist concentration camp one. But even those, you can talk them around on. Yeah, absolutely. You can. Because they, un- I mean, those guys. Especially if you're like Blair Cottrell and those kind of yeah gruesome caricatures, they uh, are not good at expressing ideas. Mm. But just the fact that they have got some yeah is very exciting for people. But they're simple ideas, yeah. Yeah. right? The left relies on complex ideas. But it's one of the reasons why we struggle. At it's the definitely the it's easier to fucking destroy than build thing that we it were is. talking about. Like there's that aspect, but a lot of the left's ideas can boil down to pretty simple things. Like, well, that's true. They do boil fuck down. landlords, fuck your boss, fuck yeah. all of this stuff. More sort of generally uh, liberty, palatably. equality, fraternity. Mm-hmm. As those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you shouldn't true. be you shouldn't be exploited. You shouldn't be taken advantage of because you don't have uh, the right advertising degree because you grew up in a small community outside of the city because you know you've had to work to raise your kids since you were sixteen instead of fucking becoming a an advertising executive like mm. really simple stuff like you should be loved no matter how stupid and mean and fucking weird and ugly you are. That kind of like God bless you, Mister Rosewater thing, which should be a fucking foundational text of the left, I believe. Vonnegut's uh, book, light Vonnegut. on theory, but like big on compassion and just anti-capitalist. Perhaps you're right. I I suppose 
uh, maybe it's because I've spent so much time with people on the left who do like to just get bogged down in complicated yeah, arguments. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's a great hobby. And when you get to the like technicalities of it, that has to happen, but it doesn't have to be part of the fucking public message. Oh, you're saying we shouldn't run election campaigns on franking credits? <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's why, like, when the left succeeds, like, if you look at the Kevin 07 thing, it succeeded on industrial reform because that was boiled down, like, Howard's big strategic mistake was allowing something to go through which could be boiled down to a really simple message on uh, for the Labor Party, which is like, look, your bosses are trying to take advantage of you. They're presenting it as choice, but they're renegotiating your contracts for uh, to be worse yeah. than they were under the standard awards. And you don't have any negotiating power in that meeting because they can always fire you. No, that's true. It was broken down well. It was a case of your award has been negotiated by experts with the weight of unions behind them. Yeah. You're going to be forced into a room where you don't yeah. know anything and you're isolated. And you're going to get fucked. It. And then a bunch of people got fucked <laughs> by it. And so it was, people turned out because they could understand that. Well, and we still have residue simple. of it. Do, do you remember the uh, CUB strike a couple of years yeah. ago? Because some casual workers in Western Australia had signed an enterprise bargaining agreement, but because they were in the same company that owns um, CUB, they were just like, anyway, this is a work, this is across all of the workforce. Mm. Ha! Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Fucking amazing. Yeah. Fortunately, that. Uh, that was defeated, but very traumatic. Yeah, yeah. You can get yeah. You can get people to give a shit. But oh, it, look, it's I know tough. you can. It's I know tough. you can. But the crisis at the moment, the crisis at the moment, is that people don't have mm. the information that they need. Yeah. Because the press don't yeah, believe a hundred percent that they they they, they 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 say they believe in public discourse but they don't want it to have any content yeah 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 the because third. they can't understand content maybe They're i don't know abdicating their responsibility 100% partly because of vested interests in like the news corp ship and partly because of fear of defunding like with the abc and you know the gradual stacking of their board with conservative figureheads and stuff but um yeah you're right that that is kind of the dark heart of the problem as in from this particular angle, the discourse problem is that our press sucks shit. Even compared to like England's and America's. Well, it's just like every so Australian bad. comparison to fucking the motherland or the fail sunland. Uh, it's just weak and disappointing. This it used have to be a better anything. place to live than Britain. I remember when I was alive, <laughs> this was still a better place to live than the UK. I mean, it probably still is in some parts. Yeah, not if you're interested in ideas, though. Well, yeah. Like, Britain, at least with Brexit, Britain has finally actually been galvanised after 30 years to start addressing yeah. some massive, massive lack of ideas yeah. in there. And you can see the price the Conservatives are paying yeah. for the fact that they're not a party that has any notion and any idea of objective truth anymore. Yeah. Other than power. And a bunch of the poor fools that voted for Leave are getting a really hard lesson in, like, what's been kept from them and what they haven't been allowed to engage with as their towns go under. And well, further under. Further under. Like, I mean, go under in the sense that the fucking lip of the deck finally breaches the waves. Uh, it's been sinking for a long time, obviously. And that, like, their masters don't have any fucking information for them. Any answers. And you know, Nigel Farage is going to be a bitter disappointment when he becomes the god king of that country. Jesus, I've never hated a 
Fucking disgusting little pipsqueak more in my entire life than oh, Nigel he's a, Farage. He's a trash monkey for sure. If there was one thing I could do with a time machine, I would go back to like the 1930s when he was at boarding school and bully him. Yeah. I mean, maybe you did. Maybe you did. Bullying Nigel Farage. (laughs) Maybe that's it. You'll (laughs) invent a time machine. You'll go back. You'll get a posting there as the. I would also kill him. Yeah. Well, you've got to. You got (laughs) to. By sabotaging his plane. (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear about what happened to the pilot? Yeah. Yeah. I did. I think that was another fucking Chapo thing they talked about. I haven't heard it on Chapo. Oh, you should listen to their episode. Yeah. He went nuts. He threatened to kill Farage. Oh, finally. <laughs> when they met up, he was like, I was planning to kill you today. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and Farage was like, Well, that makes. This distressed young man. <laughs> that means they're both traitors to the UK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. What a fucking sorry state of affairs our discourse is in. Oh, it's rage inducing. Do you want to hear about some bot sex? Yeah, I mean, while we're on this whole thing of 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 discourse erosion, why not? <laughs> uh, yeah, I want to talk about uh, Adrian Chiok. Oh yes, the most creepy man in Australia. Yeah, a country that has me in it. Yeah, what an achievement! <laughs> it fucking beggars belief when I when I reflect on how we talked about the Jane Caro thing. Oh, also, cell phone from the conservative press. They published an article being like, "We don't know who Jane Caro is," and what they meant to be was like, "She's this unknown quantity." But what they actually were saying was just that we don't know who Jane Caro is, and therefore all of our articles against her are suspect. <laughs> But um, when we were talking about that, we didn't even talk about- None of their readers picked up on that. Yeah. (laughs) We didn't even talk about that the the other controversial Queen's birthday honour is Adrian Cheok, uh, who (laughs) was made a member of the Order of Australia, uh, is an expert on robot sex. Is he? Yeah. He was part of a conference, uh, a robot sex conference, that they- held a I forget where they held it originally but uh it got banned from that uh country and then they had to hold you it you have to pick your countries in... carefully with sex conferences yeah not yeah. all of them are okay with it so he had to hold it secretly I know uh, Kyrgyzstan is cheap but still <laughs> um he had to hold it secretly in London and they would talk about teledildonics and all of that. Well, that makes sense because that's where Jimmy Carr lives. But <laughs> yeah, London's exactly. obviously okay the f- with the first transgressive robot <laughs> uh, prototype. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he- here is his uh, opinion on robot sex. You can have exactly what kind of sex you want. That's going to be the future, that we will have more sex with robots and the next stage is love. We're already seeing it. Actual sex with humans may be like going to a concert. When you're at home, you can listen to Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. It's good enough. And once or twice a year, you'll want to go to the Royal Albert Hall and hear it in a concert hall. Nice try. I know you don't listen to Beethoven, Chiok. Yeah, yeah. Lying motherfucker. Although it's very telling that that was his example. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he's a, a weird dude. I mean, I guess there's nothing wrong with there's the There's nothing study wrong of with robot being sex weird. General, there's nothing but... wrong with robot sex. But. But. Uh, he ran in the federal election as a Fraser Anning candidate there we go and how strange was... that uh somebody who works with fraser anning should be interested in replacing humans with machines <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's interesting hey uh love uh, love. <laughs> love with robots 
Um, How many ways do you think you can have sex anyway? Uh, with a robot or in a concert hall. No, but I mean, he's like, you know, like we can have sex exactly how we want to. Like, yeah. How was you? Yeah, not, it's, how, how are you not getting that? It is one of those things. Like, <laughs> whenever I think about like the academicization of erotics and stuff, and I, people are into it, and I, I it's like wish it, them the best of luck. The with stimulation it, of a very it. small number of erogenous zones, mm. and somebody you want to spend time with. There's yeah. not that much involved. Yeah, it does seem smaller than people, but you know, whatever, whatever. <laughs> uh, I trust that the experts think that he's I trust that this dude's thought up some fucking gnarly things to do with robots in fairness if there's one thing I trust him with yeah 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 uh so anyway he's a he's a re- reactionary asshole uh <laughs> and also he he uh has a history I mean I'm just struggling with what order to present this shit in to unfold the bizarre identity of this dude uh he Okay, he tweets like Trump. That's where we'll start, all right? This is a, a, a tweet or a series of tweets uh, when he invited Steve Bannon to talk at the International Conference on Advances in Computer Entertainment Technology. <laughs> uh, if anybody course. needs a sex robot. Yeah, yeah. Very good. And Steve Bannon, of course, is... I, I can't think of anybody better... Uh, suited to be a keynote speaker at the computer entertainment technology conference. Hey, he, he produced the second biodome project. So <laughs> forget that. Yeah. 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 Of course he is. Uh, so anything for money, <laughs> no principles. Mm. Um, basically he, uh, invited Steve Bannon and then, uh, a bunch of people pulled out and half of the steering committee quit or whatever. Uh, <laughs> Yoram Chisik wrote, I can no longer guarantee the independence of the conference or the quality of its review and publication process. No I therefore, yeah, <laughs> therefore announced my resignation from the ACE steering and program committees with immediate oh. effect. And then Adrian Chiok responded, that's like a pretty normal kind of resignation letter with a very decently stated pro- uh, objection. Chiok matched his tone and uh, wrote, Psycho Yoram and his hater crew should worry less about ACE conference and more about research. His HX index, his H index is a research uh, sort of like in- interaction index, is a miserable nine. Mine is 44. And even though old and fat and balding is still visiting assistant professor, not full time in a tin pot university in the middle of nowhere. So he's a reasonable man. Fuck. <laughs> Nobody cares about any of those things. What a status-obsessed dickhead. How weird for fascists. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then... Uh, Your shit's been cited that many times because it's mm. about sex robots. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucking how valuable many of, research. How many of those uh, <laughs> citations are, like, <laughs> literary <laughs> philosophers who were like... Well, if we look at the erotics of <laughs> this weird hyper future, it's like, yeah, obviously. Uh, Nine's pretty good. Uh, a bunch of a bunch of people uh, boycotted the conference, and he responded, "What has happened to the ACE conference in 2018 by the angry free speech mob?" Is <laughs> I 
he's very pro free speech, but uh, he's decided to call it angry free speech mob. is very similar to what happened in Germany in 1933. Yeah, in 1933, yeah. the Nazi University Student Association created blacklists of works by literary and political figures such as Bertolt Brecht, Eric Maria Remarque, and Ernest Hemingway that were to be thrown into the flames. Oh, yeah. Again, there's the, there's, the, there's the structure without content thinking going yeah, on. Yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> Uh, he tweeted a picture of uh, Albanese Chalmers, I guess, and Penny Wong. Uh, <laughs> Always that with Chalmers. With... I think that's Jim Chalmers. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, very yeah. forgettable. <laughs> yeah. More so than Bill Shorten, weirdly. He's the Final <laughs> Fantasy secret boss to Bill Shorten's final boss. Uh, <laughs> with, the ca- with the two and a half men logo and says Australia's worst politician, Penny Wong calling her a half man, I guess. Oh, I would have thought that was a reference to Chalmers, but... Yeah, I mean, maybe. Either way, he's being mean to Penny Wong. Thing to... Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> so, like, he's a fucking... Child. He's a far-right gross n- nutbag. Elderly child. Uh, and then somebody asked him if he was a worthy winner of the Order of Australia, and he responded, Yes, absolutely. I am a strong believer of freedom of speech. The Order of Australia is not an award from North Korea to name but one country which often punishes freely expressed opinions. True. People can express their views about me, and I am free to express my opinions about others. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm pleased I was given the Order of Australia because I can insult people. Yeah. What a bizarre thing to say about an award. Well, yeah. Well, th- that he's what a strange man. He deserves to get it because he's allowed to insult people. And that See, his, ro- his work on robotic sexuality uh, sh- I mean, shouldn't be tainted the, by the f- his dog shit public facing. <laughs> I mean, so. that's true. But, you know, mm. we, we, genetic research, the, 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 the genius uh, behind much of our understanding of human genetics is a mm. revolting racist piece of shit. <laughs> uh, we don't talk about him anymore. Mm. I'm not naming him now. We yeah. just, his, you know, use his research yeah, and don't yeah. give him Orders of Australia medals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Explicitly <laughs> enshrine him as a respectable figure of history. Yeah. To be kept in the archives. The thing is, we don't actually have freedom of speech in Australia, though. This is the yeah, thing that yeah. the right keep going on about. What about my freedom of speech? Yeah. You don't have any. Yeah. You're not in America. Yeah. They don't also- have any either, but at least they have a pretend bit that says they do also nobody like it's the other the flip side we have literally no rights in this country we have common Mm. law protections we have some legislative protections we don't have any rights it's not how australia works unfortunately and the second layer to that though as always is even if you did have freedom of speech nobody's curtailing it freedom of speech isn't freedom to mean that you don't get an award and it doesn't mean you don't get called a cunt on the internet because you're being a cunt on the internet render yourself unemployable um, yeah, yeah. So exhausting. So the sting in the tail for this guy is that he wants to open up uh, a graduate school called the N- the Nikola Tesla Graduate School. Ah, uh, yes, Nikola Tesla, that famous right wing authoritarian. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> it also says it offers. So it's like computer and tech, computer technology and shit like that. It also says it offers masters. This is from the Guardian's write up on it. It also says it offers masters and graduate diplomas in Western civilization and political philosophy, where students can study subjects ranging ranging from knights, ladies, kings, questers to bananism and Trumpism. I mean, that's good because Nikola Tesla was from Eastern Europe, so excellent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's oh, it's 
predictably dumb in every sort of major way that it that it should be. Uh, How many and- times was it? 90% of what they teach is Western. So probably more than 90% of what they teach is Western. You have to yeah. specifically choose to study yeah. something that is not Western civilization yeah. if you don't want to study West. It's really hard to yeah. avoid studying Western civilization. This is, this is the fucking <laughs> dumb thing. They, feel, they act like Western civilization is under attack when it forms the central canon of, <laughs> by far, like most sort of social sciences, history and shit. At universities, he's saying that he's being pilloried because people are calling him an asshole, even though he's a full-time professor. Whereas if a, <laughs> a, a young, casual academic black woman called out the institutional racism of the educational sector, she would be blacklisted for the rest of her fucking career. Uh, it's he thinks he's being persecuted for being a fucking robot sex weirdo. <laughs> I mean, yeah, people, people think that you're funny. That's that's true. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing you've developed. So I'm going to set up my own school. <laughs> where we West, Western civilization and automatic mm. sex machine. Yeah, where we study important historical figures such as Nikola Tesla, <laughs> Donald Trump, and Steve Bannon. <laughs> if ever anybody was worthy to be I mean, the central focus of a subject, that's one historical f- out of three. So that's that's good. Yeah. The other two have still got some time yet. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of fucking happy, Steve Bannon is just a wishy that somebody's fucking stuck some googly eyes to and drawn a mouth on. Oh, he's Jesus, fucking... he is a wishy. Oh, <laughs> he's a, oh, no. A deep drinking canvas sack full of fucking pig fat. And uh, and you can't kill him. An abject failure. Weirdly hard like, to kill. Yeah, I guess he's not a failure. He's fucking been pretty good at promoting his... Stupid. For a guy with nothing, he's a runaway success. Yeah. He's the cool hand Luke of evil bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) 100%. Um, Anyway, Cheok once uh, said that Fraser Anning is going to be the chairperson of the school. Oh, well, renowned educator Fraser is indeed. Yeah, of course. Uh, And of course, all of this is just to set up the inevitable. You go first before we take Why it to the next. Why do they give an Order of Australia to this person? I don't know. <laughs> they don't talk about individual cases. We're just supposed to take it at face value that he's done something good. It, it, like, the field would be for, like, contributions to international education. I think they said it was. spend 60 years working for free yeah. with disabled children. Yeah. And on your deathbed, you will get yeah. an Order of Australia, yeah. or you can just be a middle-aged yeah. Nazi cunt. In the same, <laughs> in the same, uh, yeah, you're just like, oh, I've worked my entire life. I'm in the same class as a fucking flashy, vacant-minded jizzbot pioneer. Because yeah. it's not meant to be a reward for just like. If you're, if you, you've, uh, a, you know, robotics researcher and you've been mm. given awards for that in the academic community, the Order yeah. of Australia is not meant, meant to be for above and beyond stuff. Yeah. Exceptional contributions to the community. The sort of work that, say, Jane Caro does. Yeah. Who, th- they're I've, both I've, educators. I've found out about her so they... since then. So, yeah, she's actually quite good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, they're getting the same award, essentially, because they're both educators. They're both getting the honour for their work in education. Fuck. And, and Cheok. Yeah, 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 yeah. So here's the the sting in the tail. They've set up their website. They've started soliciting for donations, which they're not registered to do. That's illegal. As a, as a non, yeah. non-profit or a charity. Uh, they're not registered as with the, the tertiary 
regulatory body or whatever. Oh, you mean they don't have actually any rights to call themselves a university? No, no, they don't. Because you can't just decide to do that. Yeah. People have rightly pointed out that (laughs) Fraser Anning is not an educator and his spokesperson has said, oh, it's all just very speculative and- Is Fraser Anning uh, even qualified in anything? No. uh, Well, just being a fucking- Just a dick. Granite jawed (laughs) piss bag, basically, yeah. I mean, I can personally attest that he can slap a teen. Yeah, that's true. We know he can keep his feet under egg assaults and <laughs> retaliation. Just about, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, everybody pointed out what a fucking disastrous scam this seems to be. And Chiok, in typical fashion, was like, Ah, so people are talking shit about me based on what is essentially a pre-alpha version of the website designed to show only to some supporters and, uh, like, advisors to get advice on what to do. And it's like, well, dude, you didn't have to fucking pay for hosting and put it up and solicit donations, you fucking dim rat bag. You could have just fucking made the site and showed people in private, like everybody else who's developing a website. There's a... There's a reason that we don't have those fucking under construction rotating skeleton gifs on all over the internet anymore. If if he gets uh, beeped at in traffic, he literally thinks that that constitutes an ad hominem attack. Yeah, He's one of these amazing people. Well, to be fair, he does speak the language of the machines. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, which is Latin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Adrian Ch- Chiok, who looks like a fucking. He's got a medieval peasant's haircut, which is always yeah. trustworthy. He has what he looks like is like a latter career hair rocker. <laughs> like when they just start to kind of get they get a reality show or something, and they don't have the integrity to do what Ozzy Osbourne <laughs> is, which is basically unintentionally try to sabotage his own show at every turn by still being a weird mumbly. <laughs> I'm dude. the prince of fucking darkness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So he looks like a fucking middle rate like. Uh, hair rocker or something but like that's kind of beautiful because to be his age and look like a washed up thing he would have had to be getting into hair rock in like the early 90s long after it was uh, dead which seems like his kind of fucking deal yeah he's a <laughs> he's a fucking he's Adrian Chiok he's a cunt and a weirdo and we're gonna have to deal with him now for the next 10 years because we've just made oh. him famous by giving him it's okay I'm sure Australia. we'll deal with his uh dangerous and extreme views in a calm, rational public discourse that will be very effective because they always are. That's how we do. Isn't it interesting that the people who obsess about free speech in this country are only ever exclusively, basically, just psychotic bullies with terrible yeah. ideas? Yeah, odd coincidence, that it's one, huh? It's really weird, isn't it? Mm, mm. It sure is. I wonder why nice people aren't quite so concerned about <laughs> the consequences of what they say. Yeah. Uh, why could that be? <laughs> Anyway, we should say good night to the dear old listener. Indeed, we should. This is uh, this has been Darcy and Kieran with Weakness mm. for Bleakness. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at weaknessforbleakness at mm. gmail dot com. No to... tricks with the spelling. I Do you remember to check the password? The no, I forgot the password. <laughs> I'll tell you the password after the show. Yeah, um, <coughs> we trust it's still <laughs> as empty as usual. Yeah. Um, have we still got Leonardo's robot for the? Yep. For the very good. And what's the song called this time? Uh, it's Franz K. It's our second season song, I guess. Excellent. When, well. <laughs> when that, we switched, we were like, this is the end of season one. Here's season two. And our <laughs> production schedule immediately went to shit. So, like, <laughs> at least it reflected a change in the show. That's true. Well, 
Here's uh, Franz K from Leonardo's mm. Robot. Thank yeah. you, young man, for your contributions to Melbourne's musical scene. Yes, yes. And we will be back with you yeah. next week. Uh, uh, oh, what, what? I got another gig Hold in a month. Hold your horses. There's another gig in a month. In On the 17th of July. Which I I'll will just not... plug for the next... You'll be overseas. I'll be overseas. Yeah. But uh, anybody who's not being cool can go and see Kieran's gig. Yeah, come to the old bar. I say cool, July but actually 17th. I'm going to be very warm because it's going to be in Spain. You can't get cooler than that, listener. Warm. You see the dismount on that fucking masterpiece of a joke? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, all right, sorry. Uh, yeah, that's it. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>